make sure we're good. All right, good evening, everybody. Um, how's it going? For those that are watching and will eventually be watching, as you all know, uh, my name is Omar T from the Table Talk crew. We got my big sis here, Abir Tabet, as well. And then we have Shema Ghalib, who is a guest co-host um, in the building as well. And then our guest for today is Hannah Al Asri. Um, she is a premarital coach, that is. Um, so today we are going to be discussing, you know, ba basically premarital preparation. Uh, if you are looking to get married or if you and your spouse are trying to settle down and, and basically take that next step, which is basically get married, um, she is here to talk about that and, and, and to give you some advice and give us some you know ideas of what we should do um, if you are looking into that and so I just want to first of all say thank you Hannah for being here I really appreciate it it was literally like a it was a coincidence how everything worked out my sister was like hey reach out to this person um, I think she would be down and she'd be perfect scrolling on Instagram, I was like oh we were just talking about this you guys yeah. want to know what's crazy? You guys know I grew up with her. Yeah. That's yeah, I that's crazy. Yeah. We like, literally, since we were babies. I just asked, I was like, do you know Shama? She's like, yes, yes, I do know Shama. <laughs> so, it is... Uh, very, very well, Mashallah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so, uh, first of all, Hannah, thank you for being here. No um, problem. Thank you guys for having me. For sure, for sure. And so, um, before we even get into the questions, I just want to, first of all, say, uh, you know, how can people, like, contact you? How can people reach you if they wanted to reach you? Um, for any uh, coaching that is. Or you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. you want to introduce so, yourself. Assalamu alaikum to everyone watching. My name is Hanan Asri. I am actually a physician assistant by training, so I practice medicine. But coaching is my second passion. So I recently founded a life coaching company, and our mission is to help Muslims prepare and enrich their marriages and also to heal wounds from chronic childhood trauma. Mm. So if you're trying to reach me, I'm on Instagram at Sadim Life Coaching. Sadim, S-A-L-I-M life coaching. So that's the best way to reach me. I also have a public account uh, for my physician assistant stuff, henna.pa. I think it's PA or PAC. Henna.pac. I just recently had to change the name. So you guys can reach me there. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and why Salem, by the way? I was wondering uh, the word, why, why you picked Salem. I don't know. I was just throwing it off, but go ahead. Yeah. So the reason I actually chose Salem is because the life coaching, first and foremost, what I wanted to focus on was chronic childhood trauma. The marriage side came out of a need and the fact that I thought that building a relationship with yourself helps you to build a relationship with other people. But Salem comes from the fact that the word Salem in Arabi it essentially means something is whole. It's unscathed. If I take my phone and I drop it on the floor and I pick it up and the screen's not cracked, what I, Hussanim, I can say yes. it's, it's, it's been affected by a tragedy. It's been dropped. It's been harmed. It's been through stuff, but it came out on the other side okay. So oh, that's why I chose Sadam specifically. So it's not Sadim, it's not Sadam, it's Sadam for that reason. Awesome. Well, uh, for those that are also watching on Shea Strong's Instagram, uh, you can watch oh. there. Um, I got it in front of me as well. Uh, you can feel free to ask questions. We'll, we'll be able to share them. And also, don't forget, we're also live on Oz Media 313 YouTube page. Um, so you can go over there as well. And if you want to ask questions, we have, I have both of those things in front of me. So feel free to do that. You can also call in. All right. And the number to call in is 313-306-1750. So if you do have a question, you can call in. Again, the number is 313-306-1750. And um, yeah, I got both of those things next to me. So if we feel free to, if you want to comment and ask any questions, uh, feel free to do that. And we can even share that with the panel. And before we start the show, of course, I got to give the shout outs uh, to the sponsors that is. 
And our first sponsor is Gift to Gain. Uh, Gift to Gain is a nonprofit organi organization that sponsors orphans in Yemen. 100% of all their donations goes to the less fortunate. Um, they just wanted to mention that they appreciate everyone who donates. Uh, they're very humble people that didn't want their names to be mentioned, but I can promise you and I can assure you that they are trustworthy people um, that are running that nonprofit organization, Give to Gain. And for those of you that are wondering why Yemen, um, it is the largest humanitarian crisis and aid operation. Five million people are at risk of famine. 15 million need water or sanitation support. So uh, thank you to Arif, he's not the guy that runs it, but he's the guy that wanted to bring light to the situation. So he's the one that put Gift to Gain out, out there. Uh, so thank you so much, um, Arif, and we appreciate that. And now we can kind of get the show on the road. Um, so if y'all ready, we are ready to go. And the first question we want to ask you, Hannah, is, so why is premarital, premarital preparation important? And then we could then discuss, you know, what's the difference between premarital counseling and what you do. But first and foremost, why is premarital preparation important? So the way I like to start answering this question is there's this really famous divorce lawyer, probably the most famous divorce lawyer in America at this point. His name is James Sexton. And I was listening to one of his lectures and he said something that was so profound and interesting, but something we don't think about. So he said, if I was to tell you, that when you walk outside of your house every day, you have a 50% chance of getting hit in the head with a bowling ball, would you leave your house? He said either most people would never leave their house or at the very least, they would put on a helmet. So when you think about the fact that we have still a statistic of divorce at 50% in the United States, meaning one in every happy couple and, they, and everyone's happy when they start, is going to end up with a marriage that ends in divorce. Why would we not prepare as much as we could to try to eliminate the odds or put or make the odds in our favor. So that's why premarital preparation is so important because the stakes are so high and what I when I think about premarital preparation, you're either going to prepare now or you're going to rectify later. So there's no running away from doing the work. You're either are going to do it when you're in a good place, you're going to invest in it or you're going to do it in a time and place where it's a, a lot more emotionally difficult and it can cost a lot more too. So premarital preparation is something that we've neglected in our community for so, so long. And I just think that if it's, it's, it's something that if we don't get right and we don't emphasize the importance of, we're going to have a lot of people who are just afraid to get married. And when you think of it, marriage is, the one, is one of the most emphasized sunnahs in, in, our, in our deen. And if marriage was something that was supposed to end in failure, it was so disastrous, or it was supposed to have a 50% failure rate, it wouldn't be suggested or emphasized as much as it could. Right? We have a hadith from the Prophet where he's telling young men, those of you who can, get married, and if you can't, fast. So there's something really interesting about the hadith in the sense of he's recommending this for everyone because at some point, hopefully, everyone's going to have the means to get married. But then the other side of it in this idea of fasting, we often think about it in the sense of, well, it's to you know uh, maintain or, or contain sexual desire. That is part of it, obviously. That was a, what the Prophet meant. But the interesting side of it as well is that Fasting is a form of discipline. It's a way that we better ourselves if you're doing it right. So in my head, when I think of the infinite wisdom, you know, that the Prophet ﷺ had receiving from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's also emphasizing premarital preparation. This fasting and this taking the time to get ready is premarital preparation. So one, it puts the odds of successful marriage in your favor. And two, I think it is a, a part of our deen that we, we've kind of, we've, we've swept under the rug for a bit. 100%. Yeah. 
Yep, that's that's very very great. I appreciate that answer. I don't know, Shema, if you want to add on anything. You're looking at her the whole time, and and we haven't heard you say anything yet, Shema. My girl. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, thank you for sharing that. And and, and so I guess, um, did you? I mean, do you want to touch on more about what is the difference? I guess between the two, or uh, I guess you did it. Go ahead. Yeah, we can. So uh, a lot of times when people think about premarital preparation, they're thinking about premarital counseling. So premarital counseling is a more so the type of preparation that happens when you already have someone that you think you're going to marry. So either you're engaged, or uh, sometimes in the Muslim community, since we're a little new to this, it can happen after the Akht or the Nikah or after the actual official marriage, but before the wedding and before the couple moves in together. So that's what it is. You have two people who already are, are committing to getting married, and then you're using that opportunity to hash out issues, to think about what it is that we disagree on, what are the roles that we're looking to get, what are our expectations of marriage, and so on. Premarital preparation is a lot more broad. So this can happen for people who are have already had their official marriage done, but haven't moved in, like we said. People who are engaged or people who are looking or it can also, and this is the the interesting thing, it can happen before you have even ever met someone, but you think, hey, I want to be married at some point in the future. And in my opinion, that is the absolute best way to go about it. So I'm, like I said, I'm a medical provider by nature. My favorite patients are the patients who are taking care of their health before anything bad happens. They're, they're the patients who are focusing on their healthy eating and they're focusing on their physical activity and they're taking care of their mental health before they get diabetes, before they end up with high cholesterol. So I want to take that and normalize it when it comes to our relationship with, again, ourselves and with others. All right, that's awesome. And we have Qamar chiming in saying her first time on YouTube Live. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to YouTube Live. Uh, she said thank you and no problem. And I just want to mention that because she is going to be on our show next week as well uh, when we talk about, inshallah, um, when we talk about knowing our worth, right? And we're going to definitely get into that uh, next week. But um, thank you for answering those questions. Abid, I don't know if you guys want to add on something. I'm going to keep asking y'all to add on because really we have the questions for her and then you guys can just chime in as well. So. Yeah, I just think it's very long overdue that we have something like this. A lot of people go into uh, a wedding or into a marriage thinking about the wedding or thinking about, oh, I'm going to get to have freedom or whatever. And then the guys are thinking about, oh, I'm going to have somebody, you know, cook for me, clean for me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them don't even know what they're signing in for. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like what they're, what they're going to get out of it that's like lawfully, Islamically, you know? Yeah. And, um... It just, it needs to happen, and I'm glad that there's something like this. And the idea of even going to this class before you even have someone and working on yourself, because a lot of people need to work on themselves first. Because you can't give love to someone if you don't love yourself. You can't, you know... Um, I want you to look at the camera one more time okay, when you say that. You gotta say that one more Basically, time and look at the camera. I'm here for it, and, I, and I'm happy this is this is happening. Alhamdulillah. It's funny because I recently just posted something on my Instagram, which is our one of our biggest failures as a as a society is we've invested more in our weddings yes. than we have in our marriages. And yes. when you think of it again, that bowling ball analogy that we gave in the very beginning is it's it, marriage is one. No, it is possibly the most vulnerable relationship that you will have. The other thing that I can think about is a mother and child. That, that's that's an other vulnerable situation. But it's such a vulnerable, vulnerable and emotionally intimate situation. And the issue that we have is we've romanticized this idea of marriage with no facts backing up that romanticization. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else 
in the world that we have done this to besides marriage. And when, when you think about it, right, we think, oh my God, this is a person that's gonna change my life. This is a person, they're gonna make me better. I hate hearing that. Nobody's gonna make you better. The only person that's gonna make you better is you. That's it. Nobody else, it's no one else's responsibility and no one else can do it because if you weren't going to change beforehand, you're not gonna change after. And here's why. As emotionally vulnerable as you are going to be in a marriage, and I don't need to be married to say this. This is me looking at the research. This is me looking at statistics. This is me hearing secondhand from people who have had disastrous 100%. situations, and it's not its not far and few between that these, these situations have happened. You enter into the most emotionally vulnerable relationship, and when you are emotionally vulnerable, you are tense. Your sympathetic nervous system, meaning your fight-or-flight response, kicks in during those times. And guess who comes out? The, the purest version of you comes out. Yes. So if that's a person that you haven't worked on, then the angry you is going to come out, the resentful you is going to come out, the hateful you is going to come out, the one that says horrible things to a person, even when you love them, is going to come out. That's who's going to come out. And you can't maintain a relationship when you have that. So no one's going to make you better if you're not actually taking the time to make yourself better beforehand. And I'm glad that you mentioned that the purest you will come out. A lot of people also go into relationships being this person that mm -hmm. they want to be, but they're not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, or you see this person for their potential. Mm. <laughs> You know, and that's not the person that they are, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, I feel like this will work if you're true to yourself. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You're true to yourself and you're honest and, and vulnerable by yourself before mm -hmm. you can view that with somebody else. Yeah. yeah. And you, and we can, uh, there's, there's a balance that, that can be struck in the sense of we can recognize that everyone has room for growth. None of us are perfect. I need no. to grow. You need to grow. Everyone needs 100%. to grow. But the issue is just like what you're saying, when we see people for their potential, not for what they are. You're going to be living with who that person is right now for X amount of time until they reach their potential. Are you okay with that? We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't actually think about that. And oftentimes we are pressuring people to make this huge decision because they're getting older or because so-and-so has this much money or so-and-so looks, is, is this good looking? But that Thanks. person that they are, you're going to be living with that. And so... Are you comfortable with that? And if we were really to, I, I, I truly believe if we were to actually be authentically honest about that when we're talking to people, instead of saying, oh my gosh, look how great they look on paper, a really good job, very good car, whatever it is, then we would we would save a lot of people from some emotionally devastating experiences. If you guys, two things, if y'all start seeing me writing stuff down, it's probably because my wife is watching and I don't want her to yell at me and I want to make sure I take notes and learn from this whole situation. <laughs> no, but uh, Shayma, I kind of want to put you on the spot if that's okay. And okay. If, are you okay with me putting you on the spot? Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, because you mentioned something that was important right before we went live and I was like, you know what, I'm going to ask you this. And you said that, you know, our job at Table Talk is to have conversations to make people un uncomfortable being uncomfortable. And uh, I just want to ask you this, Shay, man. This is what it's all about because you're not the only one that's in these shoes uh, in terms of maybe feeling the way that you're feeling. So that's why it's great to share these kind of stories. So why did you come in here and then say, like, this is a conversation that you're not comfortable with? <clears throat> well, also knowing you can be as vulnerable as you want to be or as little as... Yes, yeah. by the way, knowing that too. I don't mean you to don't put you on the spot, Shay, man, but yeah, I know that you have a strong all right, voice. So this is, this is how I look at it, all right? And all that cute emotional stuff was too for the birds. Okay. But That's her line, you guys. Let's start doing this. Yeah, wait uh, for the birds. I think that me, is. Want me to do yeah. drums? Where is your, I think, don't we need, and you know what? Last week when we were going to cry and stuff, you should have definitely used our sound effects. Yeah. yeah. That we talk so much about the side effects. Yeah. But anyway. Um, okay, so the question at hand. So basically, I feel like, and this is not just with marriage, or this is just like relationships in general. I think just like, um, 
just having that that vulnerability, that connection with somebody. I think our society, our community, we, we're not at the level where we can have those conversations and somebody is able to be understood and somebody's able to be um you know, dep- like looked at with like with respect and actually have that back and forth with. So coming with that background, I mean, I've always been very outspoken. I've always been that person that speaks. I've always been that whatever. But I've always had, because of that, it comes off of very intimidating or very like um, too outspoken or too like too strong, right? And then when you're when you think about strength, when you think about intimidation, when you think about like this aura. Usually, usually that tendency comes from the male gender. Like it's something that the men, the men, you know, deal with or the men carry. And then you hear you have this little 411 girl that's a firecracker and I'm just like doing me. So I don't, I don't, I don't put up with a lot of stuff. So for me, marriage has always been something that I viewed as, and Hannah, don't even give me anything right now. But, um, (laughs) but marriage is, and I mean, like, honestly, with these views, viewers that are going to have it from my perspective, marriage has always been something that I've just like, kind of like not avoided, but avoided in a sense. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm at a level where it's not like, it's not resonated with a lot of people or the type of person that I am weren't, it's not level headed with a lot. So it's just for me, it's, it's not something that I want to like invest in, or it's not something that I want to entertain. If it happens, you feel like that you you would lose a, a part of you if you no can, like were content or I feel like I'm great. No, no, no I'm saying it, if you got married, like if you, I, I don't think I lose gonna, myself, but okay. I feel like I feel like it's gonna be very very hard for for like the identities to match because like I can okay so and then here's another thing that I was gonna mention beforehand, but like this whole idea of self care, self love, or whatever, it needs to change. It needs to change. Like this right here, this is self-love. This is self-care. So this whole idea of like, let's go get our nails done or let's go get a massage or let's go, even, even this way, like I, I like, uh, I I do too, but it's not the idea of self-care. I mean, yes, in a sense, but like mentally, like it's, it's, you're only working on one ailment. when if you can work on the motherboard or like the actual, the actual source of where the problems stem off of, I think that will be a better investment. So I, I I genuinely believe that that we have a lot of we have a lot of like shifting that we need to do, and I mean like for me, and I mean like obviously we already know that even doing this ta- like this talk and being in this podcast and stuff, we're beating the bunch, we're we're we're, we're setting the norms or stuff like that. And I feel like we're just not there yet. We're not at the level where a strong alpha female can still have her identity and not make a man quiver and shiver. No, I understand. And, and from a guy, from a guy's perspective, I can agree to you. I can agree to you. Like I, I still haven't found a guy who is I don't want to say open, but is going to uh, you know act like that he doesn't care about that. Right, and you and know push what? It away. And Amari, you know what? You know what just drives me insane? It's like we're the most vulnerable. Like it's like the 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 strongest. It's because of the leadership that we entail. It's it's the leader. It's the leader in me, and and because of that, I have it's it's the nurturing, but because I don't take BS. I don't understand why that is an intimidating factor, almost. You know what I mean? But, like, to each its own. And I, you use, again, you use your pros and you use your cons to the best of your ability. And now we're shedding, obviously shedding light on the things that we can work on. But I use everything to my advantage. Like, I literally say, I'm 4'11", the attitude's 6'7". Like, <laughs> it's not going nowhere. You know what I mean? So That's interesting that you bring that 
Uh, I, I just wanted to give some claps right there. There we go. There we go. I'm working on it. I'm working on the sound effects. But go ahead now. Go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say in in response to that, we're kind of piggy piggybacking off of that, right? My job when it comes to the premarital preparation is to help those who actually are are seeking marriage or want marriage in their future. Mm-hmm. And one thing to think about too is when we have, and this is not targeted towards you, Tim. This is for anyone who has these feelings because at the end of the day, you're, you're right, self, part of self-care, and I, I completely get where you're coming with that. I agree. The the uh, the way that we have molded this idea of self-care to be a very capitalistic. And, yeah, and, very and, capitalistic. And very marketed. Actually, instead of thinking about the internal side, which is mm-hmm. what the work is that I'm doing, um, it takes away from the work that has to be done. So one part of that is if anyone watching this has any feeling of, of, of either, whether it's fear around marriage, whether mm-hmm. it's a sense of I'm not going to be accepted, whether it's feeling like my identity is going to have to change or whatsoever, to, to sit with that, my, or what I'm urging people to do, sit with that and to think about where that's coming from. Because that is, and and you might not realize it, that it's coming from some sort of trauma somewhere. I'll tell you where it's going from. I, I, I can, I'll I, tell you exactly. Can we put myself back on the spot? It's, so, uh, but this is for people because a lot of I, I hear this a lot from women, especially. It's like oh, I don't need anyone. Blah blah. That is coming from a point of trauma, right? That it is, is trauma. Exactly. Million percent. One hundred percent. And and Hannah, you know what's crazy? That's why she told me she's like, don't look at me. I know this, and that's why I, there. When have you ever, ever like literally, guys? It's twenty twenty one, which is crazy. Like we're literally, and I don't even know West Central anymore because that's how freaking long this. But whatever. We've been here forever, and this is the first. First time somebody in our community was like, hey, you know what? Let's start working. Let's start working on ourselves. Let's start doing the work internally. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's huge because like, I'll tell you what mine was. And I'll, that's why I said, can we put it back on me? Because I'll t- I've literally had people tell me, oh, Elise Fish, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, but you literally just told me two seconds ago you're intimidated by me. So now we're, why are we saying Elise Fish? Why are we calling my? Why are you calling me a miskina? Like, wh- why? Why does why does titles weigh out every single thing in this community, and then it molds the person that's receiving it? Mm-hmm. So, like me, like I said two seconds ago, it's not something that I entertain at all. Like, period. If it's like maybe even a candidate, I'll tell you the order on how to do it. Do it or not. Like, there's no emotions involved. There's no. There's no. You can't anymore because it's just at this point in your in your life. Like, I literally got okay with um kind of getting bullied, but like I was always the bully, so I never got myself to the point where it was actually gonna affect me. I just learned from it, and I was very very specific. I was like, okay, before it starts hurting. You need to step back. And now there's something that's literally telling me, hey, Shaman, you know that trauma that you have? Like, let's work on it. Yeah. Let's deal with that anger. Let's not, deal with that stemming. not necessarily for a relationship. Again, if you're exactly. looking for yep. a relationship, yes, please, please deal with the trauma. But this is outside <laughs> of things because, as you can see, traumatic experiences and how it affects you and how it affects your self-image is going to affect your ability to even have a relationship. This is why I told you guys chronic childhood trauma is the other side of the work I do because mm-hmm. if you can't have yeah, a healthy relationship... very, very hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah, yeah, very I'm much very so. Oh, so it, it's explosive. Well. It's explosive if it's not dealt with. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you. We got right into the conversation, and that's what it's all about. Um, and I told you, my wife was watching. She put LMAO, uh, so she laughed at the joke. 
And then Qamar wanted to chime in and say, you know, thank you for uh, looking in the camera, talking about you can't love anyone else. You love yourself and know thyself, and kind of go hand in hand with what we should be talking about, inshallah, next week. And then she agreed with you. It's a hard uh, topic to talk about, especially within our own people. Mm-hmm. You know, I see why the topic on life yeah. can be a bit intimidating, as Shay Strong just yeah. mentioned. So, And I want to I wanna chime in there, too. It's not just our community. This is across. Right. This is Western societies, Eastern right. societies. This is at the uh, wealthy and in and, and poor communities. It is very difficult because we do not like to look at the ugly sides of of what makes our community communities. And families are at the center of the community, and the family starts with a husband and a wife. Right, mm-hmm. Islamically. Yeah. So it's it's it is something we are far behind on. Even the idea of of, of marital counseling, actually marriage counseling, there is a lot of data of it not being the most effective. Why? Because people are still coming at the end road of their issues. Mm-hmm. They've already they've already lit the fire, yeah. and you're just watching the house burn down, and they're now coming with their fire hydrants. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even in what we would consider some of the most advanced um, institutions. This work is still happening. The nice thing about me doing it as coaching and not as counseling is I get to innovate. I get to say, you know what? I don't want to do premarital. I don't want to do marital. I'm going to do it before anyone even even decides to get married. I can do that, yeah. right? And so we're still learning, and there's a there's a very long road ahead of ahead of us. But our dean and our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was an innovator, and the thing about it is. Islam has everything that we need. It's whether or not we're able to recognize it and right, through right, what lens. Right, so right, right, when right, I said right. when I said that premarital preparation, the Prophet Islam already did that. It would just take someone to sit there and do the research and, and and pull the framework out and be like, hey, this is how he did it, right? Same thing if we were to say, how do you raise your your family prophetically? We know that there's a way. It just takes people to sit there and sit through and say, hey, here's how we did it. This it what frame you know here's the framework. This is what scholarship is about. I'm not a scholar. I'm I'm just saying that there. This is the process through which we're able to actually obtain the knowledge from the Quran and the authentic Sunnah and use it to our advantage. Advantage to guide. You know the crazy thing is, is if you do follow. I'm sorry. I'm like hardly talking because you know there's a game today and I lost my voice. But anyways, it's crazy because if you do follow the Sunnah and you do follow you know the rules. It's the easiest way for you to get so much good deeds, mm-hmm. you know. But it's mm-hmm. also the easiest way you can get so much sins Oops. if you're not doing it the right yeah. way. Yeah. So yeah. I'll put it. I, I want to throw something else out there too. I'm all about caveats because there is new. One of my favorite words, nuance. There is a lot of nuance when it comes to self development. When you're entering into the world of premarital preparation, when you actually say, you know what, I want to do everything that I can to stack the odds in my favor. I want to ensure that when I'm coming to my marriage, I'm coming to uh, with the best version of myself that I can at that time. I'm trying to heal the things that I need to heal in myself. I'm trying to make sure I have my mindset right, that I'm emotionally mature, and I want to do it in a systematic way that works. That doesn't mean that your marriage is going to succeed. That's like one of the hard pills that said, I can't guarantee that for you. What I can guarantee is you're going to be a really great partner, yeah. regardless of what situation ends up happening. The thing I always tell everyone, you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you react. You can tr- control how you act. Mm-hmm. So if you do what you got to do, you'll leave the situation, you'll leave the relationship knowing that I did what I can do mm-hmm. and the, to the best of the ability that I know. And it's okay. Like, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. And there is a, a very high degree of success that can even come from you being the only one that does the work. And I know people don't want to uh, talk about that, but this is something that's actually uh, pretty well known in counseling circles as well. When you when it comes to marriage counseling, so let's say one spouse refuses to do the work, but you decide you are going to. You can save a marriage that way because nobody, 
a good person, I should say, is not is not going to see the person that they love doing this work and trying to make it work and sit back, hands behind their head, like, oh, what, I'm not... And if they are, then leave them. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, Literally. If they're really, if to, if it's to that point where you're sitting here trying to make it work and you're doing your, what you can, and like you said, no normal, nice person or well-minded person... Yeah. Is going to watch yeah. that and not do anything. And if, if they don't... So that's, and ultimately, uh, obviously, it's a lot more uh, difficult yeah. of a, a decision to make. And if you, you, you make the, you <laughs> make the decision based on circumstances, you're going to do all the work. But, on. but right. it benefits you either way to do the work on, on yourself. And the, Listen, lady, you know. <laughs> as you can say, we have different ways because there, there's, I'm missing, uh, yeah, I'm there's, there's a balance as to, that has to come into it. And I, you always have to um, be mindful of when you light the match to set something on, on fire to end something. Yeah. Because there's always there, there, there are multiple things that happen before that. And it, it's just it, it, it's never uh, there's a hadith that I always love, which is hastiness is from the devil. Right. This idea of rushing towards something or or trying to like do something immediately can be influenced by the shaitan trying to make make you sway in a way that is can be harmful to you. So take your time. I'm, I, I can be a bit of a hasty person. So I, I've learned my lesson quite a few times with that. But um, yeah, that's that's what I would have to say for that. All right. Um, I just want to say two things. Number one, uh, you can tell everybody's from six miles. She just straight up says, leave it, dude. <laughs> leave somebody if you can't uh, get together. Then uh, Yusuf, my brother, chimes in and says, any advice on getting married? He is still 16, turning 17. My advice is get back to work, and please do not worry about that right now. Right. And worry about going to school cool. and work right now and being an athlete. back on that. Yeah, you know what? I want to say something about that. I really do. Because I have a brother that's very, very vocal about that. And you guys, Isa will get Isa eventually on the show. But um, my brother Isa is very, he's been that guy that's saying, I want you remember? Like as as a kid, always, (laughs) I'm going to get married young. I'm going to get married. I want to get married in high school. I want to get married. I want to get married. Okay. He's, He's the youngest of four. And mind you, my mom had us back to back. So he's the youngest of us. And we literally look at him like the baby when in reality, he's just two, three years younger than me. So... Um, long story short, he ended up getting like engaged before any one of like anybody in the family. Like he actually put the he is actually the first boy in my family to get engaged, which is huge from all of like the nieces and nephews, cousins, all that good stuff. Um, and this whole idea of like waiting until you're like established or waited until like waiting until you're ready, you have your career or you're you're invested or whatever, that's complete one hundred percent BS. And I think I think and I think hold yeah, on and I, and I and I'll tell you guys why I'll give you guys my little my little two cents. I think it is so 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 hypocritical to tell somebody that the only that the time that you should look into investing into somebody else is when you yourself is content like you yourself are is good. Now this is what I mean. Especially when you're into the developmental growth. Okay, if I meet, look, let's say I have a partner, right? Uh, I would much rather know my partner through his residency or through his med school or whatever, the journey, um, than meeting him third year of his fellowship or third year of his... Of, him third year of his fellowship, I'm not doing the med school. Or whatever, whatever the case may be. I don't want him through, like already, you know, in it or working on it or whatever. 
Why? Because I just, I literally missed out on a big, big, big milestone in this person's life that I feel like that I could have been a part of. It's just the whole, this whole idea that comes behind it. Now, then I look at people like my brother Isa. Now, brother Isa, he's, I told you, he's the youngest. Okay. So he's working, he's saving his money. He's doing his thing. He's not getting married. Like he's not going to get married until he's obviously until he's content, until he has what he has. But this, the starting of it, he started it. You know, he got engaged. He's doing the things right. He's having, he has a head out of relationship. He, you know, he does the, he does the, he does the work. And that's the idea. It doesn't not, like, and you said this er earlier, but like that whole, that whole rushing process, it doesn't need to rush when you already set stuff in stone. So do I believe that somebody um, needs to start the, like start the whole idea of a relationship at the point where now they're already done with their life and they've already did most of their growth? No, I don't. I think that's, I think that's so wrong of like this whole idea of, oh, you have to be, you know, your degree and that's it. And then you think about marriage, like this idea, like, like you're, what you're doing to all of these men mostly, and it's coming to the, to the men. It's like, you're, you're, you're setting them up to make them at this level or marriage is not on the tables for them. And I think that's very, very wrong. I think that's very, very wrong for the community to do because these men have great, great, great potential. They just don't have the dollar sign to back it up or they don't have the means or whatever the case that you think that you think is appropriate to bring to the table. You know what I mean? And so that's why I was just like, let me finish because there's 100%. There's so much. There's so much that these ideas, like, yes, don't get me wrong. Who, who wouldn't want a person that's like, that got their ish together for real? But at the same time, is that the is that like your definiting factor? Like, oh, he has to be established or well, I'm not. Think about it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna let yeah. you go ahead because you said you're gonna push back on a couple things that you right, just and said. Then, so. I'll end it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a it's a complicated subject, right? So the thing I was gonna push back is when when it, um, is just making sure that we don't shut down younger people who are interested in getting married because then it it will eliminate an opportunity that they're trying to take to develop themselves before marriage. So just being mindful of our language around that, that doesn't necessarily mean that I think that every time a 15 or 16 year old says, I want to get married, we're like, yeah, let's go find you someone um, necessarily. So, right. So it's ensuring because when, when I'm talking premarital preparation, I want this to be younger and younger. I really want people to start thinking from the, from earlier stages, what do I need to do to, to improve myself in order to be able to build that? Going back to the hadith that I mentioned earlier, when the Prophet was talking about the uh, preparation. Now that's where age comes into play. And I think each and every one of us can say that we have changed tremendously when it throughout our lives and ideally for the better better and we become ideally more emotionally mature and with time comes those experiences that change you and hopefully if you use them to the right extent because Allah presents the challenges you like you were saying you do with them what you do and you hopefully improve yourself through them right and, and bring yourself closer to Allah and make yourself a better version of yourself so time it takes time to get to that and we sometimes romanticize the idea of younger marriage, and that can be dangerous in in so far as we do not live in a society that prioritizes ma prioritizes maturity for young people. Mm -hmm. And now the Prophet Sallallahu was a very different time. You had thirteen years thirteen year olds in the army, but the thirteen year old during the Prophet's time was like a thirty year old in our time in the sense of the responsibilities they took on and so on and so forth. Now, the other thing I will say is, um, Shema's using the example of your her, her brother. 
I'm a Brooklyn, by the way. I didn't know he got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, and I don't know him super personally. What I do notice is, I've from what I do know of him, he put in a lot of work on himself. He did. Yes. And the time and effort. So he, for me, is an outlier more than anything in the sense of someone who is young. And I think when we hear young people say, I want to get married, that's what we need to look for. Right. Right. Is what exactly what your brother is doing. Someone who's serious. And when it comes in, I know some of the previous questions you guys asked me about was rights. And I don't like to get too much into like, what are the rights of a husband? It's there are lots of there's a lot of information on that you can find youtube videos by um scholars and who who can help you sort that out but one right that a man has to fulfill in islam is he needs to financially be prepared to actually hold on a household and there is it's a very basic uh, baseline of what he needs to be able to maintain a home that means bills that means he he needs to you know when it comes to transportation kind of what is average for the for the place that he's living in food shelter clothing and safety so if that is not something that a young person is able to do i think part of what parents need to ensure is that they are they are not entertaining their young teenagers immaturity by saying yeah i'll do everything for you i'll pay for the wedding Mm -hmm. teach your kids to grow up a little because when they're entering into that very vulnerable relationship they're going to have to be grown-ups and there is a romanticized version kind of of like growing growing through um, very hard times and as someone's growing up, but also statistically, there's a much higher likelihood of divorce from that. Why? Because you're dealing with Im- Im- emotionally immature people. So I guess the crux of it is if they are doing the work, like what Shame is mentioning, mm-hmm. and they're young, that we don't discount it. Mm-hmm. And we we and we encourage that growth early on, while also setting boundaries to ensure that, like we should as a society, we're protecting younger people from making decisions that can be destructive. Now, I would rather you go through, get married young, go through a divorce, than you commit zina. That's a whole other side of things. Which mm-hmm. I, I, a lot of times, the rush to get married isn't this. You know, oh my God, I want to have a life partner. Sometimes it's that, and in the society we live in, I can completely understand where that's coming from. So it's it's complicated, but those are just my thoughts on that matter. Before I pass it on to you, so there's a couple things I want to uh, touch upon. So number well, one, I realized we didn't answer the the uh, young guy's question. He asked how to prepare for getting married. Get your money out in order. Really think about what you want your life to be when and, and think long term. What do you want a family to look like? What do you want to be doing ten years from now, twenty years from now? As your as as a profession, but also as a passion. What do you want your relationship with your family to look like? Are you thinking about what how how you've developed in your dating relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Working on that and really getting that in order for a long time. When you do that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gonna pour the barakah in, in your life. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways he does it is through your family. There's uh, another hadith that talks about one of the best forms of risk is a righteous wife. So that it, it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives that beautiful risk to those who are able to hold the real responsibility of it. So sorry, I, I just didn't want to ignore his question. No, no problem. Thank you so much. Uh, so you're getting shout outs, by the way. That's what I want to know. So first of all, people are saying awesome things about self-development and taking your time and stuff like that. So I just want to share that. And then Adil Mirzab, who was a person that I've interviewed in the past. Uh, shout out to Adil, a great guy, by the way. He wanted to get an overview. Basically, what we're talking about is uh, premarital preparation. And we with the premarital coach, that is, is Hena Asli. Obviously, you got the Table Talk crew here. Uh, we're live on Shay Strong. And then we're also live on Oz Media 313 YouTube page. You can check us out on either one. Uh, we are here. So that's kind of where we're at. And we kind of... Um, only a couple of questions in, not even. I think we're only one question in, and we could talk about the master class towards the end. Would yeah. that be better? Like we could just mention that yeah. towards the end, and then kind of could wrap it up that way because yeah. she does have a master class coming up. 
um, on October 10th, correct? Mm -hmm. On Sunday, October 10th. But she'll tell you more about that. Uh, you just got to stay tuned in. Um, so are we fine with moving on to the next question? Yeah. The, you hit everything okay. on the nail. It's by person. If you're mature enough and you know what you want out of the relationship and you did your research and it's not just your mom wanting you to get married, then yeah, go ahead and do it. So. All right. And so I guess uh, moving on to the next question we want to ask you, Hannah, is I guess what are the goals? And I know you kind of touched on it, but now yeah. you kind of can focus on this question more is what are the goals of premarital preparation? Like if you were to tell a guy or if there's like a, a lady who's trying to tell her, you know, future spouse or mm -hmm. not even at that point yet, but like, hey, why should they go through premarital preparation? Because, you know, not... A lot of people are going to be like, okay, I'm, yeah. you know, excited about yeah. premarital preparation. But I'm going to be honest It'll with be you. A lot of people, the funny thing is, will, are are more apt to it what, either once they get into a relationship and they realize how difficult it is or after a relationship ends and they think, I don't want this to happen again. Um, so what are the goals of premarital preparation? So one, it, the one goal is to help you to assess where your actual expectations of a marriage are. Another is to help you build a vision, which you guys heard me, heard me talk about in the previous in response to the question that was given, help you build a vision for your marriage. And not a little, oh my God, I want to be a happy family. Actually, what is your vision? If you were to think about when I wake up, this is what I want to happen. When I come home, this is what I want to happen. This is what I want my home to look like. This is how many kids I have. And I know you can't control how many kids you have. It's not, not, that's not what this is about. The idea of if you were actually to build a vision, when you do that, you're build, you are now forcing yourself to be intentional towards working towards that vision. Another part of premarital preparation is helping you to assess what kind of partner you want, and then what kind of partner is going to help you get towards your goals. vision, yeah. towards your vision for your your family, and part of that is your your life goals, and then ideally trying to make those mesh as much as you can. There's always going to be a little give and take. There's always going to be things that can be flexible, so that's part of it. And then another part of it is assessing your past trauma, your emotional responses, the things that have messed you up that are going to possibly re not going to they are going to reemerge in a in a relationship and how to do the work so that either they don't emerge because you've dealt with them and you've healed them, or when they do emerge, they're not explosive, they're not destructive, they're not completely tearing your relationship apart, right? And so these are all the different aspects of premarital preparation. Like I said, if you don't do it beforehand, you're gonna do it at some point. Nobody, and you speak to anyone who is in a relationship, whether it's a happy, healthy relationship, or it's a relationship that's struggling, or it's a relationship that ended. They will all tell you the same thing do the work there is a, a study that was actually done it's one of the only studies as far as i know unless another one came out on divorce in the muslim community and one of the the things that this study concurred was an overwhelming majority of those who divorced said that one thing they believed would have prevented divorce for them was doing that premarital preparation and, and it was in the context of counseling but the idea of had someone warned me what to look out for had someone sat me down and prepared for more than hey you know wear this or uh hey you know buy your wife this whatever it might be if someone had actually taken the time to do that i i would have at the very least had the opportunity to go into this feeling a little more prepared for challenges or on the other side let's say you decide this person isn't for you after that and you end it and did that that's a, a, a bullet you dodged i know it's heartbreaking and i know there uh, without other people on here that have had an engagement broken off or were interested in someone and didn't work 100 i know that uh, I, if i had to guess 70 percent of people had this experience in their lifetime it's heartbreaking it's hard i know it sucks but 
Allah protected you from something that you could not have imagined because it is it was just not intended to be and Allah is not going to allow something to be that's going to pull you away from him. Yes. So that's part of it. And it ends up being a learning lesson for you because guess what? I bet you it revealed to you things about you that you didn't know. I bet you uh, the ugly side of you came out and you realized, hey, I have some things I need to work on. And now the next time, inshallah, you you have a good template of, of what to improve and it just makes it that much better. So now when I hear you talking, yeah. the whole time I'm like, they got to be honest. They got to be honest. Mm -hmm. They got to be honest. A lot of people want to be the person that they think that that person wants. wants right. Right? Mm -hmm. So when they go, like, okay, what's your vision? And then they're like, well, you know, what do you want? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're not being true to yourself. You're literally trying to fit this mold of the, what the other person wants because you want to be with that person. You know? Mm -hmm. And it, I cannot stress how important it is to be yourself, find yourself, know who you are. I got married right after high school. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know who I was. Yeah. The whole, like, you know, my mother groomed me for my husband. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we need to stop that. We really need to know who we are. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to know where, what our vision is mm -hmm. with and without. And knowing that percent. your vision can change too. That's, sure. that's okay. Like well, compromise. And yeah, idea, exactly, you know? exactly. But your vision can adjust. Like, it could, And the reason I say that is because it can be daunting when you're younger to think, of, oh my God, I have to build this vision for my entire life. You can... You can... Get an idea. Yeah, exactly. You know? All right. That is awesome. Shema, did you want to add on something uh, to anything that was just mentioned as well? She She's here. Uh, Shema Ghalib is here with us right now. Shema, um, there is someone for everyone. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Yeah. So. You guys can see this is not one of my favorite conversations. Alhamdulillah. So I'm just, uh, uh, do you, you want to list off the questions? That way we can just touch on them, uh, the questions. Do, do, yeah. do, you, do you want me to move on? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Just, oh, okay. I, I'm going to keep hitting this. I'm sorry. Okay. You know, it's, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Yep. All right. So um, I guess my next question is, what are the biggest challenges couples, you know, basically come to you for premarital preparation with? So... One is, uh, and this is, an, uh, this is I, I don't know if it took a lot of challenge, but it can present itself as a challenge. You've already chosen someone. <laughs> I have a smile on your face. You've already chosen someone, but it wasn't for the reasons of compatibility. Right. That can be a challenge because now you have to negotiate what is it that I'm willing to let go to be with this person if because you you, you hadn't gone into it already knowing whether or not you guys were compatible and compatibility is, can be adjusted there are certain things that are not going to change as much there are certain things that are it's a lot of things are flexible and, and sometimes we paint relationships as if they're very rigid and there's a lot that can be done to make things work and it's going to happen unfortunately the, the one necessary item of any relationship is uh, that there are going to be sacrifices that have to be made there there's going to be you're going to have to let go of something that you thought you weren't going to let go of uh, and this is as something that i've heard from counselors this is something i've heard from individuals who are married who have, who have very very healthy relationships it, relationships that i admire and i say i want my marriage to look like that and from people who have gone through divorce so it's something that is across the board understood you're not going to get everything you want if you think you're going to get everything you want then go please some sort of take the master class because you need to grow up a little bit yeah and definitely. it's it's hard it's hard there's there is a lot of um there is a lot of bending that happens because it's like it's the, a give and take yeah for sure it's a it's a it's the craziest social experiment when you think of it you take two complete you yeah. guys are brother and sister right yeah do you guys fight all the time okay you guys <laughs> we work together too it's crazy. you guys live in the same household, I'm assuming. No. Not anymore. No? Yeah. no, like when you were younger. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
grew up with the same parents, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay? Very similar environment, similar value system if you're in the same family. Right? And you guys still fight. I mean, gender... I know. I, I know. <laughs> I I that, but in the sense of, right, yeah, there's yeah, some definitely. sort of some sort of value structure that so was there. So you're thinking we're going to be... But we yeah. have different... And you guys fight. Like, like siblings fight. Yeah. Now imagine taking two people, different family families, different... And even if they are from the same extended family, you're still growing up with different families. Different value systems, different environments, different passions, different girls, different personality types, different genetics, and then you're putting them together, and then you're expecting things are going to be fine and dandy. Yeah. Throw that out the window. Not nobody, nobody has. And if we we have to build this kind of realistic sense of what it's going to look like, and that's a social experiment. So when you see it as that, like, hey, two different people were coming together. It's kind of like a work environment in a sense where you put co-workers together. we got to figure out how to make this work. The blessing is in if you if you ever get a chance reflecting on in the Quran, the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes marriage. So many different verse, verses, right? So there's a verse about the idea of, of the spouses being a garment to each other, right? There's a sense of protection and and um, a covering of one's like privacy in the sense of this person isn't supposed to badmouth you or expose you to other people even when they know the worst of you, which you're going to know the worst of a person, mm -hmm. right? There is the idea of muwaddan rahma, this uh, very compassionate love that's really only ever used at, outside of marriage. It's used to describe the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for his servants, Inshallah. right? So this muwaddan, adhan rahma being a, a very heavy type of mercy, those two things I really believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed because a social experiment would go awry if, <laughs> if, if it wasn't there. Like imagine what a, what a disaster would be if you didn't actually, if there wasn't love or, or mercy in those relationships. Mm -hmm. So that's what you kind of fall back on, but not, not romantically in the sense of like, not romanticizing it in the sense of you have these things and it's fine, it's going to be fine. No, there's also a set of skills you have to have. Yes. All right. I just wanted to make sure that you know if everything was okay. Just wanted to check in there. But thank you so much for that. And were you a teacher before or no? Like, did you work in a school or anything like that? So, uh, are one of my students asking? Yeah, uh, Khaled Hussein, who's another great kid, by the way. Uh, yeah. He, she was my teacher in high school for a college class. Yeah, I was a professor Hannah. and I did a, a dual enrollment. Mashallah. Yeah. So, and I, so I have a. I always say I like I have the te a teacher's heart. I can yeah. I can feel it. We We're both teachers. Can, yeah, we oh, awesome. yeah, I'm PE teacher. She's a first grade teacher. As you can see, her hands movement and, and everything like <laughs> that. Man. She's a first grade teacher. I mean, she's a teacher. That's the Yemeni in me. Um, Khaled Hassan, great guy, by the way, great guy. So, uh, you got anything you want to comment off of that too, or are we gonna keep the ball rolling? Because we appreciate you, Hannah, for being here. I've uh, done an awesome job so okay. far, and uh, alhamdulillah for everything. And so we can move on. So, what has been the general reaction? I thought this was important to ask because, mm -hmm. like. I think she was thinking this too, and I, we talked about this, and we wanted to know, like, you know, what has been the general reaction from the young people, and mostly, I guess, their parents, you know, to premarital mm -hmm. work, you know, because, are, are you Yemeni, by the way? I don't want to, like... Yemeni. Yemeni, like, because you know how Yemeni, kind of old school thinking, and, yeah. you know, like, what is this premarital work, Zoe Gubas, you know, yeah. so... What? So, and we, ha we have to understand also, so sometimes it's helpful if we understand where they're coming from in the sense of... Our parents' generations and the generations before were, were coming into a situation where gender roles were very rigid. So we knew exactly, and that, let me, let me think of how to word this so I don't get dragged in the comments. It was harmful in certain situations when it's abused. It's helpful in other situations because a person knows what they're getting themselves into. 
That's what I'll say, okay? So very objectively, very, when you think just pragmatically, if I know ABC is my responsibility, then I know that ABC is my, my responsibility and I know what I'm maintaining. So that's, not, that, so that's what I'm gonna say about that. They're also living in a cultural environment where the culture is known and, and respected by everyone. Everyone knows that in Yemeni culture you do XYZ or you don't do XYZ. And you are kind of, you understand similar values and you have similar ideas about things. You, you have ideas about how your family should be structured and what kind of jobs are appropriate and what jobs are not, and not appropriate and so on. That makes things very, a lot easier. But now we're living in a time and place where you now have people who are cross-fusion cultures. On top of that, the world is changing very, very fast. On top of that, we have a vast amount of information that we are exposed to. Education um, also, you know, furthers your exposure to certain things. And so now you you have expanded the expanded people's identities in a sense. And so now there's even more complexity to trying to get along with someone. So I say that just to help us understand kind of where where they're coming from. Um, and sometimes our generations accepted things that they should not have accepted in yes. terms of that but it is what it is we understand that uh, when it comes to those things survival oftentimes was the priority um but then there are people that had really amazing relationships and there's there, that's something to learn from so i haven't really gotten much reaction from parents i'm sure they'll be very thankful if they're if their kids go through this and then are have a healthier relationship because of that in terms of the reaction from people in general Funny enough, I got amazing reactions from those who are married. Yeah. They were like, please, please, please do this. Please, because I wish I would have done this. I wish someone told me. This is so hard. And it's crazy because I, and this is a little bit of marriage in general is a taboo subject and that we don't talk much about it. And this is in our, in our culture and outside of it. It's a very, not something that's discussed. So people don't like to reveal when they're struggling. And I understand part of that is trying to protect the sanctity of your relationship, which I can respect. But because that's not the case and people don't want to talk about how difficult it is, you leave a lot of those who are unmarried in the shadows thinking, oh, I can do it. And then they're hit with the same reality and they don't know where to turn to or who to help. So in general, those people have been very helpful. And then you are going to get, for premarital preparation specifically, you are going to get people who are already in the mindset of, I need to prepare, right? So these are people who already have a healthy developmental mindset. Those are, and I'm fine with that. I'm happy to take those who are already in, in it and, and just need a, a way to go about it, who need a system. I'm happy to take those. I'm hoping that as this happens, and this happens with any, any new initiative, you do it, those who are interested are gonna be the first per people to jump on it, those with the de developmental mindset. And then those around them who see, oh shoot, that worked, that really helped them, are gonna mm -hmm. start peeking, they're gonna follow the Instagram, mm -hmm. they're gonna look up the content, they're gonna watch the YouTube videos, maybe they won't dive in completely, but eventually it'll spread because anything that's extremely beneficial, everyone on, so everyone has an iPhone, right? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah, you got an iPhone, right? <laughs> so, right, and, and that's, I have an iPhone too, but it became so commonplace because of how useful people found that specifically as opposed to other other phones. If someone, someone's gonna diss Apple on, on the comments, yeah, I can already feel like. No, no, I, hopefully they don't. Um, we have some kind people in our comments. Hey man, segments. listen, I, don't hit the Android. I'm low-key trying to get myself to convert that's, to an Android. That's, that's fine. Well, the point Look I'm at everybody's Android. face, you guys. Every I mean, I'm just so used to iPhone, I can't move. But the point being is that yeah. it's seen as such a, such a valuable thing that at this point in its convenience and the way we use yeah. it, that it is now, it's now commonplace. Whereas 10 years ago, it wasn't as common. We, right. No, no. Yeah, I mean, 10 years was a little bit, it was yeah. common. 20. 15, 20. Can you believe it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, if I can go back.
I would have made it mandatory. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do please do if you can. And I get. I I should I caveat this with. Not everyone has as much flexibility in the way that they're managing the way they get married. I understand that. If you can, do make it a requirement. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I really can't stress enough for people to know what they need to get married. Um, a lot of people don't. For me, and, and I can only speak on my mm -hmm. experiences, um, it was because I knew my rights and I knew, like, what I deserved that I knew and I and I didn't know before I got married. Yeah. It was not until after, you know, things weren't working out mm -hmm. that I was able to, you know, leave the situation. That. Yeah, and mm -hmm. leave the situation. And it was because of that. Because to my parents it was like, oh well, what's going on? That's yeah. not really a reason. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like you guys when so the older generation, like you said before, um, the roles were very clear, you know what I'm saying? But now here we are, we're us women, we're working we're getting our stuff together. We have higher standards that we know we need or whatever. And it just, we just need to um, understand what our, what we're, we're getting ourselves into. Yeah. And not just doing it just for, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I have a couple of personal questions. Uh, first of all, um, you, you specifically work with Muslim couples or is it just any couples? Is it? It's, it's specifically. People. It's Specifically Muslims in the sense that I use an Islamic framework to guide. So it's Islamic framework built on research, right? So everything's research-based, but then the framework... But the fundamental yeah. development, yeah. Exactly, it's, it's Islam. So anyone can benefit from it, but who's going to take the most benefit? It, those who actually, their norms and their foundational understanding of life is Islam, right? Because if I say something like a husband's responsibility is X, Y, Z, someone comes and says, no, I'm like, well, that's what God said. Like 50-50. So, yeah. And I'm be like, you can manage your marriage like that if you want. Yeah. That's fine. But I'm I'm using the Quran as my as my guiding force in this. So, yes, mainly Muslims, that's what our mission is. Anyone else who wants to benefit and, and take what they can is also welcome to. Okay. And that was my next question was, do you base your framework off of Islamic Absolutely. teachings and stuff yeah. like that? So did you have to take Islamic classes and actually learn? Or? It's been years and years of me Just doing your own. conducting the studying, looking into the research. And You've so, always been, yeah. Yeah, yeah so alhamdulillah. So it's, it, it is. Um, you'd be very surprised at how expansive and extensive the research on this area is. Fun fact about right, there's an entire treatise on rights written by one of the grandchildren of the Prophet ﷺ, um, one sorry. of the great, like, further down in, in his generation. And one of the things he said in the treatise is one of the rights of a woman is for her husband to compliment her. What if we said, oh. right? It's a, but yes. this is this is the Prophet ﷺ's lineage talking, right? So it's it's a lot... Affirmations, you guys, go so far. They really yeah. do. Did you want to... No, I mean, oh, okay. this is beautiful. You oh, guys, yeah, this is so me. long. You don't know how, like, it's giving me the whole time I'm here. I'm like, yes, yes, Hannah, we need this. Get on this, you guys. Yeah. yeah. What were the other personal questions? Uh, the personal one was, um, if someone, like, does someone have to have insurance to meet with you and no, stuff like so that? No, so I don't take insurance at all. Um, uh, so it's not, it's, not a, it's not an insurable service at all. Um, so it's pay per uh, package, essentially. Okay. And then classes are you pay for a ticket yeah. for the class. So, so do they... I'm sorry, go ahead. What are your prices? So it depends on the premier. So I haven't started the one-on-one -on -one premarital coaching, but we can actually jump to the master class right now. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I was leaning So I'm, I'm hosting a master class with About Islam, which is one of the largest Islamic websites on the internet. I've been working with them as a writer for a while, so it was kind of natural that I moved towards this work with them. And it is going to be hosted October 10th, which is a Sunday, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So adjust that to your, to your time if you're in another area of the country. 
And the tickets, what is the date today? The 28th, right? The 28th. So tickets are $10. $10. Per, I know, I know. You guys, that will save you thousands of dollars. I'm just <laughs> saying, in the long run. Yeah. Courses, courses for... <laughs> I'm just saying. No, uh, in all, courses for marriage cost hundreds of dollars. This is... Ten dollars until the end of <laughs> September. So I'm. I think how many days are in September? About thirty. So two more days to get that price. After that, it's fifteen dollars per ticket. If you are an engaged so couple, great. it's twenty dollars uh, altogether. So it it, it stays ten dollars for you guys essentially if you're engaged. So the tickets can be found if you go to my Instagram at Saddam Life Coaching. Click on my bio. It's going to be at the top. It's going to say premarital preparation class. Click that, and then you register, go through it. She's right. And listen, this isn't even about whether or not I make money off of this. If I had something, and this is me taking what I had to kind of learn on my own, looking into the research, this is me putting years of me, because I'm a, I'm a researcher. I love to research. I love to figure out how to make things work. Taking all of that and putting that together for you guys so that you don't have to sit there struggling and run through it for years like I did, for $10, do it. Honestly, I'm like sorry, I don't know if you mentioned or not. How long is this course? So it's two hours. It's okay. a two-hour so master just class. One class. One. So it's life. one class, and we're gonna okay. go through the. Yes. Uh, you're gonna go through. We're gonna break down kind of a system of how to do premarital preparation. You get two free gifts with it, which are really awesome. One is an ebook, which is really really cool from some of the top articles from some of the top writers on about Islam for marriage and family. Beautiful. So that's really cool. That in and of itself, you I would pay like thirty dollars for. Right. It. Uh, and then on top of that, I'm going to create a resource guide for you guys. So you guys will have a certain, so activities and resources to be able to use afterwards, which in and of itself, honestly, I would pay $20 just for that. This is an investment to your life. Yeah. Well, I say I, I, always, I want to normalize investing in your development, whether it's a childhood trauma stuff or the marriage, making, make it as normal as getting coffee for yourself because you're not going to forget or you're going to forget how much you spent on your development, you're not going to forget what it does for you in, in the future. You know so. what's crazy, Hannah? Um, I, we're going to have to bring you back for a segment on childhood trauma. trauma. Because, honestly, yeah. people don't even know that it exists. Oh, you don't know what you it know, is. You can't, it's, yeah. it's, it's recognizing what it actually is and putting the word. I remember that I, I just was sharing a story yeah. one time and somebody's like, that happened to you? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh my God. They're like, oh, and I'm like, what the heck? And then you, you listen and it's kind of like almost in a sense where our brains can recognize it as dramatic or kind of like what I like to call fluff stuff. And, and I'll tell you this, like manifesting, uh, uh, meditation, affirmations, all of that stuff was in a bucket of what I would label as fluff stuff. It's just stuff that people did that was cute and made their life like cute or whatever. But I, my brain never recognized it as something to do. Now, actually practicing these, like these, you know, these routines and these like regimes and stuff like that, I can honestly say it was the one thing that I was looking at as a dramatic thing, and it's now it's now it's the thing that's holding so much like value in my life. You know what I mean? So it's very very important again. Like, and I and I think that like that we we talked about this, but I do want to say this, okay? And I've been very quiet. Because, I, like I said, I don't really like this conversation. But I also want to talk about, maybe we can bring her back for this one, too. I want to talk about normalizing the fact that if you don't want to get married. I'm the wrong person to bring yeah. for that. <laughs> Honestly, listen. I'm and that's fine. And listen, and here, we, we, can, we can make a note on this right now. Marriage is a sunnah that is one of the most emphasized. Right. right? Okay, hold so, on. 
in the sense of hey, let me so in the in the sense of the Prophet said those who you know those who do not marry are not following my son in, in essence there are people who historically Islamic it's famous people in Islamic history who have not gotten married but the reason be it was a, a big reason in the sense of um, for example if I remember correctly Imam Bukhari who is who is a hadith scholar that we all know had not gotten married for the sake of committing so I right. I agree with normalizing it um, while also maintaining a certain like what do we push ourselves towards as well? Yeah. So, I, I think you want to say normalizing, not settling. A hundred percent. That's what I was what gonna say. Is. Yeah. Oh. I was gonna finish by to saying right to the right person. Right. Oh, so oh, right. I was gonna finish, but but I was like, okay. Well, well, you kind of like drop yeah. the thing. Drop the thing. But you guys gotta know. You guys gotta know. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. And I also want to say this. Like, for example, like. It was nice, and there's a lot of definitely, like, even just taking this. And mind you, I have a different perspective because, I, I mean, like, you know. But um, I look at this, and I'm just like, I, I de like that whole vision board idea. I was like, don't want to do that. And I'll tell you why. I don't want to get my hopes up. You know what I mean? I don't want to get the idea like vision boarding and stuff like that and all of that good stuff. It comes with a lot of connotation that you also have to understand that that's a lot of self-work, too. You know what I mean? That you have to deal with that doubt too because the last thing that I want to tell these girls is to start feeling good about whatever just so you can eventually get your hopes up because that's something that we, I've, our community does a lot. Like even even just being strong or whatever. And I get I get that I just, all the time. Hold on. I get what, this all the time. I, what people, do you mean by getting your hopes up? So, so like, like honestly, like girls be getting their hopes up. So, so for example, a girl in, in, a, in a situation that was like at my level, Okay, so I'm talking about very assertive, very strong, very like leadership mentality wise. Okay, if you were to tell me, Shay, 25, you would have never got, you're not going to be married. You're, I would have been like, oh my God, no. You know what I mean? I would have always thought that it was going to be like a right out of a high school thing, this, this, that, that. So then now, being 25, that whole notion of marriage has brought it down. It less, the, the, this light around marriage, is it, the dim around it is a lot less sparkly if you will you get what i mean i'm, I'm there so I'm right there i you. just think it's very very important to also be okay with learning how to be you in whatever timeline time frame that is before even thinking about somebody else and if that means putting that person at bay or not having to think about it then that's okay because i don't think i don't think there's anything wrong with my approach no, not at all like, I don't think, like, me holding on to, like, this whole idea and, like, involving myself. I think it's, like, don't, don't I just think it's overrated. I would disagree only because you said there's nothing wrong with your, I would disagree slightly in the sense of, I feel like some of your approach is rooted in fear and trauma. No, and, any, and, I, and I understand that any, it comes from trauma. Any, but anything that's rooted in fear and trauma is, at its core, not healthy. And so right. my, my approach is right we're trying to make it the healthiest that we can and in focusing on the relationship with yourself and with another person so when you and say to, yeah when you say um like to vision. like to like envision envision mm -hmm. like the idea it's not necessarily to see yourself um like i like i, I, I don't know yeah. i don't know i i you guys so, conversation's hard yeah. so it's, a, it's yeah. a hard one for me it is it is and so let me explain the vision part again the vision part is that you as an individual you're not married you're looking into the future and you're thinking this is what I want my world to look like. Okay. Right? This is where I become the best to me. And here's how it looks. And if I can break down the spe specifics. Why? Because when you're able to do that, you now have something objective that you're looking at that you can say for yourself. I can't turn towards you. You can say for yourself, okay, here's what I have. 
Now who can match this? Now, will you ever, maybe you'll never meet that vision. Maybe you'll never get married, right? Maybe you'll die before you meet that. I can't, we can't control that. Right. But what we but can't it's, Okay, control, okay, okay. It's the mentality. Control, exactly. It's what a mentality shift. What we can control shift. is the work we do to now, get there. Right. To get there if that's what we want and to let ourselves hope. Because hope. We want you to stay positive. Right, right, right. It's the hope. Hope, it's is, the hope a, is a beautiful thing. Hope is something that Los Pantada gave us to pull ourselves through. If you damage the part of someone's brain, if they have uh, brain trauma and they damage the part of their brain that allows them to hope, doubt. No, no, no. Uh, if you they actually damage... And failure ever will. No, uh, you the know, doubt in your head. You will you're... end up in a very bad place and you will die early, either if it's not by suicide, by other other means that because of uh, deteriorating health. So it's really important to be hopeful and to see this vision building as an essential part, because we don't do that with our marriages. Everyone, no, when I, you ask, and here's the thing, everyone has a vision, you just don't know how to articulate it. I'll right. tell you how you have a vision. I'll tell you how I know everyone has a vision. Tell someone something that you know that they're not going to accept. If I say to a girl, hey, um, you know, uh, what do you want your marriage to look like? I don't know. I just want to be happy. Okay. Um, what if your husband is um, a garbage truck driver? No. What do you mean? No, you just want to be happy. Listen, you said you don't good have money. But right, <laughs> but okay. But you you said you didn't have it. I don't know. Right? I don't know. But, but I said, don't know. But you I said, don't you, know. You, so but you said you don't have a vision. Shut up, lighten the mood a little bit. The the, the mm -hmm. point that I'm trying to make is that you do have a vision because I just told you yeah. something that conflicted with the vision that you didn't yeah. know you had. So and that's not me dogging on garbage. I know. I know. I know. I know. And you I'm can like accept whatever you want. Your vision is. No, you're basically saying you do have an opinion. Intentionality. In the malamalu Indeed, all actions by by are by intention when we strip intention from what we do we are we're, we're we're setting ourselves up for disaster because it is the beginning of everything that we do in our deen so much so that nearly every hadith i would go as far as to say possibly every hadith book as far as i know starts with this hadith at the very beginning yes. intentionality is a huge thing in our deen and part of that is it being well and it, it'll help you so much again if it helps you to stay away so, from the wrong people I mean, I just, you guys want to know what's crazy is you guys, and I, and I already know it's a lot of trauma work that I already yeah. deal with. And that's why I and mentioned that said, in the I beginning. I already said, let it know from the jump. Interesting that uh, you said something interesting, which I appreciate. You said, you said, I don't want to do that. Most people don't want to do it. Nobody mm -hmm. who wants to, who wants to look at themselves in the mirror and see the ugly stuff. Right. Nobody wants to do it. But, but like, you know what? It's not. Okay. So. Let me see if I can say the words this like how it can come out. But basically, I think that mine stems off of this big idea of unknown and the fear of the unknown. Now, I deal with the diagnosis, right? Yeah. I have MS, and MS is very, you don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I literally wake up. Well, you guys, today. Well, today. I woke up, I couldn't see. Hold on, let me tell you guys. I woke up today, I couldn't see. I was like, what the hell is going on? It was so, like, like I. it was so weird. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I literally took, like, two handfuls, one of zinc, one of vitamin zinc, what, vitamin C, zinc. I popped. I was like, you're, you're going right back to bed. Like, uh-uh. We're going to try this again. We're going to do this one more time. <laughs> so I woke up. I was like, oh, okay, today's just a glasses day. Okay, like, we're, we're having a lot of inflammation, whatever. After, okay. But, like, every day is an unknown for me. So now we're talking about, Something that you want to make me happy, and we have to deal with the unknown. I'm already dealing with the unknown that makes me very, very unhappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very hard to yeah. to put that that notion of thinking to mm -hmm. something that now can to dictate happiness, where it was always dictating this like yeah. this notion of fear, this notion of I don't know in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like yeah. for me, like I'm listening to like like uh, well not like I was like, but you know the type of person that I am is if it doesn't kill you, try it. Like literally, if, if if you don't, even if you don't think that it might benefit you, 
try it. If somebody that did the work, and this is why I appreciate Hana, because Hana is one of the few people that I can honestly say, if she's telling you guys that she's did the work, then she's done the work. Because it's just, a, it's just the nature of who she is. So like now, if somebody that has the passion, the passion, and then somebody that did the work behind it, and they're like, you know what, Shema, what do you have to lose? Just try it. Just try it. Now, when I have that mentality, and then she said that people that have deve- 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 developmental Mindset. mindsets, when you have that, then you're more likely to do this notion and it just becomes self-work, right? So am I going to be like, oh, absolutely, no, no, no. Yeah, am I a little bit of a skeptic? Yeah, but aren't those, the, don't you love a skeptic that you churn? I am, like when I use my essential oils, every <laughs> single person that I use it on, and then they're I'm like, I have, girl, did you not just see what I just put on my oh, stomach? Man. I was just putting it all on because I, anyway. But whenever I do, I love the skeptics. I love churning out skeptics because those are the people that you know you're actually doing something with. Like they're like they didn't believe in your work, and then all of a sudden now the work speaks for itself. You know, in, in, in a sense, and that's right. why in the beginning I said I can't guarantee a successful marriage. I can't. I can guarantee self work. Right. You're gonna. You're going to walk in a healthier partner. That's all I can guarantee. I can only guarantee what you're gonna put in. So do you think that two hours is enough? Two hours yeah, is an. I don't think two hours class. is enough. Okay. That's why it's a master class. So master okay. class is essentially if you like an intro, to, exactly like right. a, a bird's eye view. If I was to give you as much as I can in a short amount of time, okay. that's what it is. Okay. Inshallah, maybe one day there will be a course that I uh, that I sell. Inshallah, inshallah. Um, for now on, I'm gonna be introducing my sister Abid as uh, from Six Mile because uh-huh. some of her answers. Listen, I'm, I just want to share that it's a very stressful. And, I, I know. Um, you know, top, I'm just trying to you know letting them. By the way, nothing wrong with being from Six Mile. I love Six Mile. Uh, everything wrong with from six not miles. At all. We're, not, we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> but Hannah has been awesome. And I know Hannah. I, we love you so much. I always. just want to say uh, another thing that's awesome is Leo's Coney Island in Royal Oak. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Leo's Coney Island and Royal Oak. That is our second sponsor of the day. She has delicious American. St- they have as she has. De- they have delicious American style food there. They're known for their conies, their fried chicken gyro, breakfast, chili, and everything else. You know, Leo conies have been around for a very long time, but the best of the best Leos to me is the one in Royal Oak. Thank you to Umar Al Halimi over there. Their number is one two four eight three. 336-8093. They're located on 10 South Main Street, Royal Oak, Michigan. If you're ever in the Royal Oak area, stop by Leo's and then give uh, Oz Media, Fantasy Guys, Table Talk a shout out and they might even hook you up over there. So I uh, just want to give them a shout out. Thank you so much. And before we end the show, we do want to give a final word. Wrapping up everything that was said, you're getting, you know, people are saying... Yeah, I'm getting that. so much love so many, for you. Yeah, so many people are saying thank you, uh... For everything, and they appreciate it. And you guys can rewatch it on Oz Media 313. Later on, it'll be posted there, or you can listen to the show on Apple and Spotify podcasts under Oz Media. If you wanted to listen to it from the get go, if you just joined us a little bit late, Henna just gave us some knowledge here. I'm gonna have to rewatch it just because there's so much knowledge being passed on. So, alhamdulillah for everything. So, final word, you know, anything so, you want to mention? Final word. So, I'm I'm a PA that I. Graduated with a degree to practice medicine. So alhamdulillah, in essence, I'm, I'm okay in what I can do for the rest of my life. The reason why I started the initiative that I started and started my business was because these gaps have been present for so long in our community and I saw that the damage that they've done. And I'm a solutions person. I appreciate what you were saying, Shema, about putting in the work. I, I, I had long before ever the server became a conception, 
I have been trying to do the work that mm -hmm. I can for myself and for friends. So it's funny, like uh, my, my friend, I was uh, a premarital coach to my friends before premarital mm -hmm. coaching was even something I knew about. So the advice in general. Yeah. So when it comes down to anything, you, when you make big decisions in your life, I hope that everyone's making the decision coming from a standpoint of health. As a medical provider, I care about health. I care about your physical health, obviously. I also care about your mental health. I care about your spiritual health and I care about your relational health. So that's what my work does. When it comes to marriage, I really, really ask you guys, even if you're not working with me, take the time to do the work. Listen, so listen to lectures if you need to, read so you're gaining knowledge, but I want you to look yourself in the mirror. And actually, I hate when people say things like, work on your thought, because it's, it's so generic. What does it mean? That's why I, I, I believe in systems, actually systematic things that I tell you to do so you can work on yourself. So I'm going to give you something to do, okay? I want you, when you uh, t t t go off of this podcast, to sit down and I want you to put five things that are your deal breakers, meaning five things that you absolutely would not accept from a partner, five things that you believe that you, you could not deal with in a marriage. If you don't have these things already, you're not ready to get married. If you don't have these things already, and, th and this is an exercise just to help you, in essence, get your wheels turning. Am I actually ready to get married? So think about it. What are five things you would not you would not deal with? When you start that, now what is what are five things you wouldn't deal with? I'm not ready. Yourself? It's fine. <laughs> there are a lot of people that are not, are not ready. Right? What are five things that you would totally. not accept from yourself in a marriage? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh... So th I, I'm just trying to end with like a, a tidbit of actually an action item. This is a tiny little thing that we do in, in the master class. It's one of many things. So I really ask you guys to invest. Again, this class is $10 until the end of September, $15 after that. Uh, October 10th is when it's going to happen. You can find the link at Saddam Life Coaching. I'm sure they'll put the, the hashtag or the, the username on their page but thank you guys for having me Hamdad. that was a really great conversation yeah i i put down um you know check it out on instagram Saddam life coaching i didn't put at but i'll put Saddam life coaching they could search that up um, oh. hopefully that's okay right. um but yeah i will be posting those everything tomorrow shayma any final word that you want to uh end it off with listen man everybody just she tells people to be okay with listen just you know what just take it day by day sit I'm going to go home and probably have like a, like a lot, lot to think about. You guys gave me a lot to think about today. And I have an exam tomorrow. So thank you guys. You're welcome. I did it too. <laughs> any final words? Okay. So um, people just really, really, really think about what henna is providing and really take yeah. it for consideration. Um, when you get married, it's the rest of your life. Okay. I do want to. I do want to. I do want to add a piggyback on that one. I be it though. Um, honestly, though, you guys are coming from a girl that. I mean, I'm gonna keep saying this probably to the day that I die. I can recognize that I have a lot of pain. I have a lot of trauma coming from that perspective. Coming from that enamel. Coming from somebody that's open enough to tell you guys that she suffers. Okay, and that's a big thing to say because there's not a lot of people that will actively come out here and tell you guys that you know what it's normal people like us. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there. Again, and the fact that she's saying this, she's saying that she's systematically putting the work out for us. So all that means is you just follow it and you do it. She does all the thinking for you. So for somebody like me, again, if so, like if I have to have the mentality, why not just try it to better myself? I'm going to do that. And I want people to take that notion too. Don't think that just because this makes me, this conversation is making me uncomfortable or whatnot. It's a very uncomfortable uncomfortable conversation but that's what I signed up for I signed up to get very uncomfortable to figure out the things that are triggers for me and so we can work on them that's how we make ourselves the best versions of ourselves so if this is a trigger for you just like it's a trigger for me do the work just like how Hannah is telling us all to do do the work but not necessarily 
um, more for like the partner or for the other person. Do it for you. Ultimately, and that's what I also I want to say honestly. Find your own identity. Find your own the voice. Cut sound effect. Yeah. Okay. I was going. I was waiting for it. <laughs> but honestly, no. This is this is for you. And. Oh, that's laughing. I'm sorry. Then it's like that. that. <laughs> no, but for real, well, no. I just, I really, 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 really want to just emphasize the fact that this is the self work that we need to be really, really working on. It's the internal work. Yes. It's not this facials and. Uh, I mean, listen, girl. If you got the money for that, do it. But you should also be doing internal work. I say for every two, three internal works you do, satisfy yourself with an external work, which is a massage or do yourself facial or elastic, whatever. But if you're not doing any type of work internal, it's kind of hypocritical to yourself Go ahead. So basically what i was saying and thank you for chiming in because you took a lot a lot though i want to say it was perfect um when you are getting married you're with that person for the rest of your life yeah do yourself a favor do the work be the best version of yourself because at the end of the day you don't want to love anyone what is the love in and in, in oppress you don't want to you don't want to oppress anyone you don't understand how much you know that other person is on you and you don't want to have that you know you don't want to you don't want to hurt anyone you don't want to ruin anyone's life so do the work better yourself do the you know um master class and inshallah inshallah with the right intentions you'll have a, a happy marriage and you'll know what you're getting yourself into it's not a joke all right there you go uh sunday october 10th is the master class at one o'clock p.m Go to Saddam Life Coaching on Instagram. It's link in bio. Link is in the bio. And uh, if you want to watch this show again, um, again, it's on Oz Media 313 YouTube. You could go ahead and check it out later. Or you can listen to it on Oz Media Apple and Spotify Podcast. It was an awesome uh, conversation. How do we watch the show from the beginning? Right, like and I said, you just... Yeah, so Oz Media 313 on YouTube. You can search it up. You can subscribe. And we have another great talk happening next week about knowing your worth. And I think that's another important one. We have Qamar who is turning in the whole show. Show. just giving you a lot of shout outs as well and she should be on the show inshallah next week and another good one i'm looking forward to um and thank you all for tuning in thank you again Hennet, for being here this was awesome and we learned a lot yep. and thank give you. me inshallah thank you so much and we'll see you all next week